Hello, church. So good to be with you. <laughs> I still haven't seen you, though. I miss you. In Jesus' name, I proclaim peace and God's covering over your home and everywhere you go. Let's pray for our offering. Father, thank you for your word that says that when we give, it will be given back. That when we come and return our tithe to you, God, that the windows of heaven will be open. Lord, we pray to have a lifestyle that absolutely brings abundance in our lives as we are a blessing to those around us and our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Now, for sure, it looks like we will meet together again the same way today and next week, April 5th. We will continue to do the same thing, but be praying. We can pray for a miracle that maybe even on Easter Sunday we can gather together. But check on the web, call the church office, and you will see uh, and hear what the direction will be. Well, let's continue in our series on prayer. My goal is today, in the midst of this challenge we face, is to simplify to you why we should, should pray. Turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. This has been our theme the last four weeks. And I wanted to share a few things with you. George Barna did a study and a survey, and the survey was with 6,500 people who were born again and also regularly attended church regarding a certain lifestyle. And this is their conclusion that they that came to be. The average American Christian spends seven minutes a day praying, and they spend 23 hours a week in front of the television. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking or putting down TV. I have two of them in my home. Matter of fact, I have one in a man cave, and I enjoy at times watching sports But understand is seven minutes a day in prayer and 23 hours a week in front of the TV. Church family, when Jesus ascended to the right hand of God, he said to all of us, go lay hands on the sick, go cast out devils, and lead people to me or lead people to Christ. In fact, I find in my own life, I don't know if you have, I'm sure most of us have, I have found long periods in my life where I haven't seen anyone healed. I haven't seen anyone delivered from oppression. And I haven't led anyone to Jesus. It breaks my heart. But why is this? This is a question. This is what we want to dive in uh, today. Why is it that I'm not seeing the work Jesus gave me happen in my life? In 1 John, again, let's read this, chapter 5, verse 14, and I'm reading it out of the New Living Translation. Once in a while we do that. Normally it's the New King James, but let's read this. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. He says we can have complete confidence that if we know his will, 
He hears us. Look at verse 15. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. So if it's this simple, why is it we are not spending more time in prayer? John Wesley, over 200 years ago, said this, God does nothing on this earth save to answering a believing prayer. This is my belief. Our decision to pray or not to pray can literally influence history. So let me put it another way. God put limits on himself, only he can do that, concerning affairs of the earth to working through human beings. Listen very closely. As always, God makes the decision in heaven. And then he calls a man or a woman to enforce that decision on earth through prayer and faith. So turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And as you're turning there, I want to uh, read this, but I also want to give you a little history. Why God chose human beings to pray. In verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. The word dominion means to prevail against and or to rule. Now understand, God did not give up the ownership of the earth. People teach that. He never did that. God kept the ownership. It belongs to him. Let me just show it to you this way. However, he did assign responsibility of governing it to humanity. Adam and Eve was God's watchman and guardian on the earth, a special anointing to rule the earth. Then something happened We all know what that is, the fall of man. Satan came to deceive Adam, and that authority changed, and dominance, and it was taken away from Adam. Luke chapter 4, verse 5 through 7, we see this in Jesus' temptation. Verse 5, it says, Then the devil, taking him, Jesus, up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Let's contemporize that. Los Angeles, Arcadia, El Monte, South El Monte, Baldwin Park. Where we live, he took Jesus and showed him this. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Now, the word authority means delegated authority there. And it's delivered, he said, it's delivered to me, literally means what was surrendered to me. What was surrendered was first given to humanity. And in verse 7, it says, therefore, if you will worship before me, I will be yours. (laughs) What made Jesus laugh at this? Kind of like you telling your landlord, 
come over here, cut my grass, and then I'll give you my rent. I want you to see this. Jesus is not going to worship Satan. Jesus is the creator. But know this. Please hear what I'm about to say. Jesus said anew, in less than three years, I'm going to take this authority back anyways because it's mine. It's mine anyways. Jesus had to become a part of the human race because humans will forever be God's link to authority and decision and activity on this earth. Think about what's happening now. Think about you being secluded in your home. Did you know that God gave you the authority to take what was decided in heaven and bring it to this earth? Now, Jesus is getting ready uh, to go to the cross, and he says this in John chapter 12, verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. The word cast means expelled. He is telling the disciples What you will see will be very discouraging. What you're about to see is I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be bloodied, and I'm going to die. And you're going to want to give up. Some of you will literally deny me three times. But in the spirit realm, he, Satan, is cast out. And the scripture we have forgotten Satan has been defeated. I believe the church is waiting for Jesus to return to put Satan under his feet when it has already happened. Why pray? The only influence Satan has is what we have given him. Your home, work, church, marriage, finances. You see, 2,000 years ago, Satan was put under the feet of Jesus And the only authority he walks in is what we give him. What Jesus is saying in John 12, verse 31, I've made this kind of long. I'm going to read it to you. But there has been a long conflict between the powers of light and darkness. Satan has so effectively ruled that may be said to be the prince of this world. But my approaching death will destroy his kingdom. It will break down his power and will be the means of setting up the kingdom of God over man. Church family, pay close attention to what I'm about to say. And I want you you to explain this to your children too. You gain more through Jesus than you lost through Adam. I'm going to say that again. You gain more through Jesus than you lost through Adam. Jesus defeated Satan. Jesus fulfilled the law. He came to give us grace. He came to give us forgiveness. He came to give us healing. He came to give us intimacy with the Father. You have more intimacy with God the Father right now than Adam and Eve ever had because you can be with him every day, all day. The question again is why pray? (laughs) 
God came to Adam in the cool of the day. I can see God any time I want. I can be in his presence any time that I want. I can come boldly in the presence any time of God. So now let's fast forward. Jesus now is left. Jesus said, you don't have to give the devil an inch. The power of the early church was not facility. The power of the early church was not because they had a large church or a small church. The power of the early church was not anything about that, but it was fervent prayer, and Jesus taught them how to pray. He said, ask. He said, seek. And he said to knock. Bottom line, why pray? If you pray... I will do it. And if you don't, let me say it this way. He says, I'll give you nothing. See, if you pray, I will give you all that pertains to life and godliness. The decision in heaven is already yes and amen. What are you facing now? Is fear wanting you to crawl all over your home? Are you looking at your bank account? Are you struggling right now? Are you seeing that, that there might not be enough money as you're looking at it? And when you look at it and you look at the bills, hey, it adds up. It's, it's not going to work. But I want to tell you, in heaven, it's yes and amen. But things have never changed God's plan, why pray, is he's given you the authority. He's given you the the choice to be that prayer warrior, that person that will come before the throne of God and ask for the very things that he has already done and made a decision to do for you. Again, the decision in heaven is yes and amen. So may I ask you to do this? The next few days, a couple weeks, until we meet again, is that you would pray and bring what is of heaven already decided, already done in this earth. God has the perfect plan. Man struggles, man says things that they shouldn't say. Man uh, gets concerned and out of fear, they, they yell out things to God that are not true. May I just love on you just for a moment and just say, do you not realize how amazing the love of God is for you? That he is there that he has planned this. And from the very beginning, he said, I want you to come to me. I want you to fellowship with me. I want you to pray to me. Because when you do, I will give you vision. I will give you direction. And you will take my will that is in heaven and you will bring it to this earth. And this virus will be defeated. Poverty will be defeated. Sickness will be defeated. Death will be defeated. Why? 
because you understood why pray. Let's do that now. Father, I thank you for the anointing that is in each and every home that is represented before this screen. Each and every home that is represented around the world on this podcast. Father, I proclaim in Jesus' name the revelation of the truth of who we are and that we have dominion. We have the rulership of this earth and we can walk in victory. That when we um, quote are released from our government to be able to live again as normal, the coronavirus, whatever each one of us want to call it, will be smitten before our face. Poverty will be smitten before our face. Families will become closer. Father, I thank you that our children, our children's children, our parents, our cousins, our nephews, our nieces will begin to go to church and to worship you in such an amazing way. Not just because of the virus, but because you have shown them the will of heaven. And many of us have begun to pray because we understand why to pray. And we've brought, God, your answer, your health, and your wealth into our lives. Thank you, Lord, for our church family, all the friends on the web. Blessings upon blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.